0: All right. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Elle Rambles podcast. It's Elle here and I have my little nugget of a co-host, Joel's.
1: How are you doing, Jules? I am doing great, Elle. Hi everybody out there. I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. As always, we love doing these podcasts, but I'm actually very excited about this one. I got Joel super pumped
0: this morning because I we were we talking we always talk about so what topic do we want to talk about? And we we kind of come up with them pretty fresh. We don't really have a very strict list of the things we're going to talk about because we want to we want it to be fresh. We want it to be relevant and that's the way that we get our passions kind of involved. So anyway, I, this morning she's like I, my brain isn't working. And I was like, okay, so let's, let's figure it out. And I was like, Ooh, what if we talked about some positive things that have to do with competing? And she was like, Oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> yes, yes. I love the positives because truthfully we, you hear a lot in, you know, video and posts and whatnot all over the internet about these like negative experiences. And they're like. Dun dun dun, like you don't know what you know what you're in for with competing. And sometimes the space gets flooded just with kind of like negativity. And we just felt we just felt we wanted to talk about all the fun and awesome things and some personal experiences about competing and preps and the process. Cause some of you guys are out there prepping and then you're sitting there thinking and hearing from all these other people that used to prep, and they're all like bashing it. And we're like we need some positivity.
1: Absolutely. And you know, this is as we were talking about, and I was laughing a little bit because when El brought up the subject, we were actually on the phone. And if she could have seen my head bopping up and down, she would have yeah, really no, I, could, I could feel the energy. <laughs> I was like, She's pumped. This I know, pumped. I am pumped. And you know, it's really interesting because uh, you know, one of the things I, I'm gonna talk a little bit about is um, sort of the history. And it really is something that I think um, if it, if something gives you, uh, those little butterflies, that excitement, that, um, drive, then it, it really, it needs to be sort of swept up and carried away. And, and that's how I felt when she talked about this topic to share with you, because I, I was instantly energized. And I think that's yeah. one of the things, um, that even competing should do for you. So I'm jumping right into that. But, yeah,
0: I know. You kind of, yeah. And I, I was like, did I miss the first half of the podcast? Like, what? Is that? No, okay, I'll slow but down. Mm-hmm. No, you're, I see, and that's what it is, though. She is excited, and, and I'm excited too. I haven't had as much coffee
1: as you've had today, though. I think it's, it's <gasps> a earlier. Yeah, I mean, I've been up for already five hours, but I, that's okay.
0: That's okay. So, anyway, I just, so just to start off, before, uh, before we kind of get into it, I just want to say thanks for listening guys. We, we have gotten some great feedback and we love the reviews on iTunes. So if you are able to, you know, pop us a little review, we would love that. And we would just love the, um, the feedback from you guys. And, and as always, if you're in a safe place and you're not driving a uh, screenshot that you're listening to this and throw it up on your Instagram story, I like to kind of like repost and give you a little shout out on, on my Instagram. Uh, but so with that, if you do, we're going to do a, a review, um giveaway this week too. So if you do a review and you just kind of screenshot it and send it over to uh to our email, I'll put our email in the show notes. Um just, you know, I'll pick a I'll pick somebody to win uh four weeks of training with us. Um I feel like that's a good that's a good yeah. fun thing to add this yeah. week. Um oh. and I guess actually it doesn't really matter I don't know. We'll do this a lot. So if your your review will go back into the little the little pot. So if you ever leave us a review, you'll always be kind of in the mix. So anyway, that's all about not not all, okay. but like that's all. And let's get started. Um, that's wh- all. What do you want to say? What do you
1: want to say to start? Uh, you know, I think what I I want to say. Um, I think I'll start off, and I because it was one of the things when we were talking at the beginning that I instantly felt I wanted to share this little, uh, piece of, of history. I think from my perspective as both a, uh, competitor, but also, you know, as a competition prep coach and as a health and fitness coach, I think it, it puts things into perspective because over the course of time things change. And I think n- n- I have seen, um, so many things change in, in the field of nutrition and sports and, and health and overall fitness. And it will continue to evolve as um, as our populations change, our lifestyles change. And as you as an individual listening to this through your, the course of your life, whether you, know, you are starting a fitness journey or whether you've, been involved in some aspect of health and fitness, or maybe, um, you know, you're coming back to it after, you know, life events, or maybe choices that, you know, you're, you're listening to us for various reasons. But, you know, we're, today's topic is specifically about competing. And, oh, you know, when I first became aware of competing, and I have to say, it was, wasn't when competing first started, you know, I was in general health population, um, working with everyday, I call everyday people, you know. Um, But when the concept of competing came into my horizon, I was, you know, in my late 40s and competing for women, and I'm going to talk about just specifically for women, being a little more mainstream, really didn't start to happen until I want to say about, yeah, 15 years ago where it really became starting to become really popular. So, you know, I first started to get involved in it about 10 years ago. And, um, and at that time it still was such a niche sport and for, you know, women to do it, it was definitely one of those things that, oh gosh, you don't want to do that. You're going to end up, you know, building so much muscle. You're going to look manly, all of that kind of thing. And then, you know, it became something that people could, uh, do and realize they didn't need to go down sort of the dark side of, of what might happen um, if they started to change their physique and it, you know, competitions are businesses for the promoters and the federations. So it is literally, you know, if you build it, they will come. So the, comp- the um, federations and the promoters, those people who put on the show started to pr- provide for their customers, the competitors, uh, venues and events that they wanted to come and they wanted to spend money. And, you know, it it really is a business proposition for the promoters and the federations, but it also provided this wonderful place for people to uh, pursue a, a fitness challenge for themselves. So, you know, way back then, you know, there were not that many choices. You really, you know, sort of the population that did it, you know, were considered sort of the elite of the elite, just like now. What, what going,
0: time, what time period?
1: I want to say it was probably the, the mid nineties, um, mid to late nineties um, that, you know, 95, 6, 7, 8, That's what I'm talking about. Sort of my that's first. That's when
0: you got, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, sort of, I was gonna say, compete bodybuilding is like been around since like the early oh, 1900s. Like, oh, absolutely, like early 1800s, and um,
1: and even in the 19 late 70s, early 80s. You know, Rachel McClish, for some of those who've been around for a while. She was my first physique, you know, um, approach idol, and you know, it was very unusual. Was she? she was one of the early women bodybuilders and, oh, cool. um, yeah. And, or, and I have to say there were others, but she was the first one that sort of became, um, out there in the, the media world. You know, there were magazine articles about you. her. Yeah. There were magazine articles about her and she was a beautiful woman. And, um, you know, people started to identify, you know, she was put up marketable. And, and then there were lots of other women who were that were not in that realm, like Jane Bonda or Denise Austin or, you know, women like that who were physique aware, but they were not competitive athletes from that. You know, we had an, our aerobics competitions and I, I actually, you know, did some of those and things like that way back when, but they were not so um, physique focused. They were more sort of performance based. And so, you know, through the years when the sports started to really evolve and, you know, criteria for what physique looked like, you know, so many more people became inspired. So many more federations um, offered more opportunities and each one of them wanted to offer different opportunities so that they could market themselves to different populations. And so, um, so, you know, then I just have to say, you know, the first couple of years, it was a little slow. And then literally, um, you know, in the early 2000, you know, in two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, up through now, it's just sort of really exploded. And like anything, and else, I think
0: that's partly due to I. Th- I mean, I do think that every everybody is looking to turn something into a business. So it's like, ooh, where you know, yeah. and there's passion involved yeah. in it, obviously. And if you didn't have the passionate people the, uh, the actual events wouldn't be there. Like people wouldn't show up. So you definitely do have the passionate people, but the business minded people kind of swooped in and they were like, well, let's make this bigger. Let's make this better. Let's make money off of this. Exactly. Just, um, but I just wanted to just say, I just looked it up and, um, it says the first large scale bodybuilding competition was September 14th in 19, uh, 1901. So
1: 1901.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was called the Great Competition and it was in London. Um and the first and the trophy was a gold statue of Sandow, which he was uh the um like one of the first well-known bodybuilders. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> we need a fitness uh, <laughs> trivia contest. Fitness trivia. If you guys, yeah, seriously, next time we'll we'll always we'll we'll find we some should, more uh, fitness some trivia. More. Yeah, yeah. So fun facts. But yeah, so I I think that's interesting because because over the over the years it's turned from like I even saw in the in the little article there that the bodybuilding was like circus acts and now it's turned into like celebrities and you know, it's, it's this like desirable thing. Whereas before bodybuilders were kind of like freaks, like Mm -hmm. not, I mean, I don't think this, but that's, that's definitely where, um, some other people like would think about it. Even when I tell people like now, uh, like, oh yeah, I'm a bodybuilder, like, but I compete in the bikini division, yada, yada. Like they don't know what to expect. Cause they still, if you're not in it, if you're not in the industry, you don't really know. And so I'm like, well, there's different scales of, you know, bodybuilding and, and whatnot. Um, so I just always think that's kind of funny.
1: It is very interesting. And, you know, in different countries do have different types of True. events and some do have, um, and there still are plenty of them. they are not that many in the U S but there are ones that are physique, but also have, you know, uh, performance events. Um, and, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of choices now and I think that that also brings a different approach to things and, and different opportunities for people to pursue their fitness, um, fitness, a fitness goal. And and I think that kind of leads into what we were talking about, what we wanted to kind of cover is sort of what are some of the positive things that if you decide to compete or, or what are the reasons why that you just might really um, be inspired to pursue something like this, and all of the good things that come out of it. Because I do think that there's a lot of you know negative things, and that's our job as coaches. You know, Ellen, I coach um, competitive athletes with our team, but also you know advise people on whether or not this is something for you. And it's it is a passion, and it's just like anything else. If somebody really loved baseball and they wanted to play baseball, well, maybe they won't be you know a professional baseball player, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't pick up a bat and you know, run down to the field and join yeah. in, in, in a game.
0: I, to- I totally wanna say something in here too. And, and although I guess we kinda started the episode about competing, but this is really more about bodybuilding because you don't have to compete to be a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of people that throughout the years probably would shy away from calling themselves a bodybuilder. But if you're doing anything like sculpting your physique, you are a bodybuilder. You're building your body. And I think that that, uh, you know, there's a difference between a competitive athlete and a bodybuilder, but all of these benefits and all these great things that we are going to talk about in a few minutes are all things that as a bodybuilder and not even necessarily as a competitor, you will benefit from because there, you just learn so much. We're going to, we're going to dive into the specifics, but you can be a bodybuilder and you can be successful and you can push your limits without having to step on stage for exactly. the you know the gold statue that I'm staring at right now. Like while I'm recording this, I'm yeah. like, oh, two of these big girls in front of me, um, but the reward doesn't necessarily come from these gold statues. They it comes from the process and and all the stuff leading up to the you know gold statues. Those are just heavy things to put on my desk to look yeah. at and decorate. Those are like souvenirs.
1: <laughs> yeah, those are. are souvenirs yeah. of you know. And this is when people talk about um, competing, and I say you know the actual ste- stepping on stage is. Crossing the finish line of all of your hard work. And I think that sometimes people look at that as as sort of the end of what they're doing. But, you know, people who are passionate about the sport don't really think of it as the end. And, you know, when your quote unquote prep is over, then maybe you've lost, you know, we talk about the negativity and maybe people do lose passion. And that's okay. You don't have to, just because you have passion one moment, you don't have to stay passionate about it tomorrow. but it is, you know, it, it is that finish line and, and, you know, the pictures you have from the stage and your trophies, maybe you have trophies, maybe you don't have trophies, you know, that is is sort of that memorandum of the event. It's just like yeah. if you... Yeah. You
0: know. all, all of my experiences, the show day is like the actual day of competing is... I love it, and I love being on stage. But it's definitely the stuff in between that's like, yeah, that built my character, or yeah, that yeah. pushed my limits. Or remember how exhausted I was that day, but I got everything I needed to get done. And you know, it, it's just it's very rewarding. Um, and I think that comes and and to have those qualities, they then carry over into your everyday life, where you're like. You set these high standards for yourself, which can be tricky if Mm -hmm. you do that, but you set these high standards for yourself and then you start to apply that into your everyday life and you just become a bomb human being because you just, you get it. Like, you know what, that things take time.
1: Absolutely. And I have to say, you know, from also my, my experiences, um, every single time that I prep for a show, there was, um there was something I discovered and you know, you think, Oh gosh, you know, how can you teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing? But you know, I even competed this past fall with Al and I learned so much about myself during that time.
0: What's something that you learned?
1: You know what? I learned a new level for me at the age of, you know, I was 56. Is that right? Was I 56? Um, it was right before my 57th birthday and I learned a new level of respect for my body um at the at the phase that I was in um and I and I'm still during the times that I struggle, and I'm kind of laughing about this now because I have my annual physical this afternoon, and <laughs> and it always you know I'm always like oh I'm going to see my doctor, and unfortunately I have not seen her during the year since my last physical, um, and that's one of the things that is so beautiful about doing this is that I, I learn this level of respect because every time as you get older you will be faced with these health challenges, and you sit there and think okay what am I going to do? How am I going to approach this? And still, you know, always keep my health first, but also keep my, my, my mind in the game, put myself to a new level of expectation for myself, but also, you know, keep that kindness to me. And, and that's something I guess I have always learned through that because many women, many people can be pretty um, self-effacing during their life. Uh, and it is really important to remind yourself, I think all face of life. So that was my big thing was that, you know, to, to have a new appreciation for, um, for me and the process of this. Um, how about you? Well, I mean, you know, you, what did you discover this past? Um, I don't know, pick it. Cause you did a couple of shows last season. Um,
0: yeah. Um, what was the question? We, what, what did I, what did I discover? Like, what did yeah. I learn? Um, Man, I, I should have been thinking about this while you were talking. I oh, just, sorry. listening. <laughs> no, that's just so funny. I'm just listening to you. And I'm just thinking about how we, I, I think that we, in our heads, we definitely think that we have these limits, but we put those limits on ourselves. So it's like the body and the mind and everything can go a lot harder than we think it can, like it can withstand much more. And so I just think that that's really cool. That's just what I was thinking about. I think that's really cool that when you decided to do the show at 56 years old, you could have sat there and been like, well, you know, I'm too old for this or I'm too, you know, my, you know, I have arthritis in my hips. Like I can't do this. I can't do that. And I think that we put those limitations on ourselves. So I just was, I just think that's cool that you were like, I, even though I may have limitations, I don't really care. Yeah. Like I'm going to well, do it anyway. I'm going to do um, it anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but probably something that I learned. Oh, I don't know. I've just that you can come back to it. Cause no, it I want to know. I want to, I want to like think it, I, I, it'll come out in a second. I just probably that it's just so, I don't know. It's just so rewarding. Like to, put in the work. And although I think back and I'm like, man, that was a whole year of dieting and training and being focused and making decisions that were, you know, uh, revolving around myself. I think that it teaches you that you can't always have balance in your whole life. And so the things that take priority, sometimes they have to be a little bit higher. So it's like, we can't always be striving for balance. And so when I was competing, I picked what I wanted to do and I did it. And that was kind of like my overarching goal. So it's like, if you're somebody that is trying to raise your family, like your family is going to come first. Or if you're trying, you're going for your PhD, like your studies may come first. And and so I just think that that's one thing that I learned is that I don't need to always be striving for that balance. I just need to be figuring out what I'm most passionate about at the moment and, and go all in, not ne- like neglect everything else in life. But I think that that's a really good lesson to learn because that's the only way you get good at something is if you are going all in. And so, I don't know. I just think that that's probably one of the the best things that I got out of this year.
1: Mm, Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what? Because I think... A lot of times people will say, I don't want to spend you know, all this time you know, dieting, all this time training, and I'll just sort of throw it back to them. Well, what would you be doing if you, do you were want? not yeah. <laughs> you know, preparing for a show? They're like, well, I'd be watching what I was eating and, and, and working out still. I said, okay. So what we're doing, though, is you're still doing that. It's just that you're putting more um, parameters on it and you're picking a more specific um, path to lead you down, whether it's competition or whether it is just striving for physique change. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, it seems so selfish. And this is actually one of the big reasons why a lot of people do get very passionate about it because we are busy. You know, we are, you know, mothers, we're wives, we're friends, we're sisters, we're husbands, we're brothers, we're, you know, all those relationship people. And then we also are whatever our, our, our jobs are, our professions, are. our, our Situations, students, things like that. As you know, as as adults, we've got responsibilities. But you know, most of those things are not done um, for for yourself. They're done because you have bills to pay. You have you know mouths to feed. You have you know all those things going on. Those expectations from the outside world on yourself. And yet, when you go. And you work out. A lot of people will go and they say that you know the, the gym is my haven, my 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 place of sanctity. And don't talk to me when I'm working out because it is my time. And so, it is that other people could look at as selfish, or you can I call it selfful. You've got to take care of yourself. And so if you Again, you know, if you're going to compete, it isn't necessarily selfish unless you start to act selfish and start to. Yeah, unless
0: you act like a crazy person. Yeah, you know. Blaming other people.
1: people. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
0: your gym time, maybe, you know. That's a good 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 point, though. And I always think about it. I'm like, you know what? Everybody's busy. And I tried to even, I actually even made a post the other day that was like, because I saw some things out there that people were saying, like, okay, well, all these like influencers online are great and all, but I don't have two and a half hours a day to go into the gym. Like I've got 45 minutes and I'm up at 4 a.m. And then I'm, you know, taking the kids to school. I'm then off to work. And then I've got meetings until 8 p.m. And then I'm, you know, I have an hour commute home, whatever. It's like, we all have things to do. And I tried to make it kind of, at least I tried to make it clear that although yeah I work from home and I have a different lifestyle than a lot of people, um, I still want to be in and out of the gym, you know, in a reasonable amount of time because I still have things to do. And so I think it's important that we we break the the the, the concept that in order to be successful with competing or bodybuilding that you need to be in the gym three hours a day.
1: Well, I also think that it does turn around to, it is, it is not necessarily appropriate for everybody if they've got, you know, to, to, to pursue something that's going to take some time. You know, there are a lot of things I want to do that I know I just don't I don't have enough time for at this point in my life. That doesn't, you know, when I retire someday, I, you know, I mean, I have, I'm... I want to, I want to train up my dog to be an agility like champion, you know,
0: Do you have a dog training class. Right I now?
1: do. I'm going to sign up. I am signed up for a dog training class. So it starts it small. on Tuesdays. It starts small. Not yet. A couple weeks. Um,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Um, yeah, it does
0: start small though. Yeah, it, it does. It, and and yeah. so
1: if, if something, you know, if you're passionate about it, then you start carving out time for your passion. And that's my point about the selfishness or self fullness is that you shouldn't Selfless. feel guilty. Um, about carving out time for yourself. And so this is where a lot of people who do decide that they're gonna compete is because they do make that decision they're gonna carve out a little bit more time to do the things that they want to do. Yeah, maybe food prep does take a little bit longer. Maybe you do need to go to the grocery store two times or three times a week instead of just once a week. Um, Maybe you do need to make sure that you don't forget your workout clothes and your gym clothes, your workout clothes and your food when you go off to your busy day. So, but it, it does teach a lot of people to be highly organized. It does, you know, so sometimes people will say, you know, I'm so busy, but when I decided to compete, I realized I could manage to get it all done. Yeah. Because maybe I didn't spend that extra time, you know, watching something I think on that TV. That's so
0: I think that that's like a very valid point, though, because a lot of people say I'm so busy. And then, but a lot of people don't want to admit that they're so busy doing a lot of fluff, like a lot of like how much time did you waste like watching the food network? Like when you should you watch
1: the food network when you're doing, no, your but, cardio. you know,
0: I but know. the thing yeah. is, no, but the thing is, is that it's important to have that downtime. But also I think that, um, you know, we talked about this in our instant gratification podcast, which I think was one of like our, our best episodes. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. But um, we try to do so much in a day and it's like, because of that mentality it, that it's like more and more and more is better. So it's true. Like, you know, there is, we do have a lot that we pack into a day and sometimes you do just need to like chill for 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes you can, you know, watch the food network, but I just think a lot of people are poor planners I, I agree. or, you know, and because I know that when I don't sit and plan out my day, like, yeah, it's an, a little bit like, it's not that fun for me, like to, I, I don't know, t- take 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning of the day and be like, okay, what do I have to do? Sometimes I get lazy and don't do it. But I know the days that I do plan things like that out, I'm way more productive. Again, awesome. like way more productive. And I do a lot less, like,
1: like, fucking around. Well, yeah, I mean, it it comes down to definitely, you know, setting yourself up for success for anything. And I think that's where it spills over from doing the things you need to do if you were to do a competition, but also into professional life, family life, making sure, you know, think about the benefits of, you know, making sure that you have healthful foods in the house. So not only you, but everybody else in the family are eating it. Well, you're, you know, you're kind of multitasking there you're taking care of yourself but also your family so you know I think that's a big area that we find a lot of people struggle with is in their nutrition whether they're competing or whether they're just working on building a healthier lifestyle but especially competing where the food being you know making sure that you are prepared um will really make a difference and that's one of the big things when people sort of switch off from you know their competition to post-competition they don't all of a sudden it's like an it should be a no brainer. You should still be making sure that your food is prepped because you've been living this lifestyle for a while. Why would you suddenly switch? So this again is putting yourself first because having the healthful food choices, um, you know, you just may be eating slightly different ones or different amounts, but that should, you know, sort of rank up there in a personal care, not only for competing but also for your family so that's one of the big things um did you want to add anything else I think we've sort of beaten this this self selfishness yeah. but when people kind of go on about oh it's so selfish and you shouldn't you know that's it's selfish I if you're a
0: b-i-t-c-h yeah I know? think that like yeah. I think I, that if I think that that's a big thing though it's like you can't you can't be you can't be complaining all the time you can't be mm you know, not forgetting about the other people, but it's like, so, but that's up to the individual to do it. So it's like the, it's only selfish if you, if you're going to be selfish about it. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, definitely. All right. What do you, what do you think next? What do you think is another?
1: One, another huge thing that um, I always thought that it, for me, I learned and I can see it in a lot of people. And I know I, as a coach have to remind people all the time is the skill of patience. And it really is, in this fast-paced world, we expect things now, 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 whether it is a physical weight loss, got- body fat, instant gratification, yeah, it goes back to that. But I think also, it it gives you that, and I think that's one of the things I was referring to about my expectations, because I knew at that phase of my, you know, when I was prepping this last show, that my body needed more time, more respect, more patience, possibly, than I had um, been able to grant it before. And it it always reminds me that, you know, the cause and effect of things is really cool, um, but it doesn't always happen right away. But the patience with putting in um, work and seeing the results, this, again, has another larger perspective. And once you sort of wrap your brain about... um, being able to do something and not expect something right away when the results happen, I think it does give you a better appreciation for the fine art of patience. And yeah, um, I
0: think, yeah, go it, ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no. So that's, that's pretty much it. And even competitors who compete in one season and um, we see this happen all the time, you know, they're working and things are moving along and they're doing great. And then, you know, then they, you know, they have their beginning and then they finish their show and then they come off of it and they're like, okay, well now what? And then you have to think about, well, what would be if they just had a little more patience and, and pursued it a little bit more Wait, and awesome. took it to the next level. And and that can be very exciting because there's always next level in this sport. Um,
0: yeah. I want to say, I want to say something about that. And I think that because I, if you are into bodybuilding, like if you actually Respect bodybuilding in its entirety. You do have an, a level of patience, at least for that. I don't mean like in your everyday life with like traffic or whatever, but you <laughs> have a Not little bit more patience. Yeah, you know, like nobody likes traffic, but you have a little bit more patience with seeing the results and and whatnot. But that's honestly like if you if you call yourself a bodybuilder, I think that you should. Be one of those people that is constantly like, chill out. You're not going to see progress in one day. Like, you have to be in this for the long haul. And I think that that's one of the cool things is that when you start to learn that stuff doesn't happen overnight and it's like when you're comparing progress photos week to week, unless you're like deep in a competition, you really shouldn't be seeing those drastic changes. Yeah. Like when you compare yeah. the photos like years and years, and it's funny because even last night I actually posted on my story a little, I don't know if you saw it, Jules, but I posted a little transformation and it was like one of the first photos I ever took in like a little competition bikini and like um, I compared it to this uh, this year's uh nationals photo and I was thinking to myself I probably thought about putting those pictures together before and you want to know what actual thought I think I had in my brain was there's not much of a difference like at one point like maybe even just like while I was in the moment so maybe even November right after nationals I probably was like I'm not going to put these side by side because I don't see the changes and then like I look at it now four months later and I'm like girl you're you're crazy yeah (laughs) yeah but it's that it was, you know, four years in between that first ever photo. And then you look back and it's like, I, it's because I had the patience and I had the persistence throughout those four years is the only reason why that transformation is there. Um, you know, and some people make amazing transformations very quickly. Like I've got one gal that just we've been working together for 14 months and she's like, looks like a totally different person. Um, but again, it's like having the patience and the, and the goal, you know, throughout the whole time.
1: Yeah. And I think it just definitely comes down to what the expectations are, <laughs> excuse me, for, you know, for what you're looking for, what are your goals? <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to have a coughing pit here. Um, and, 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 and in, in a lot of times the, even the pictures don't reveal what the true patients, um, has paid out.
0: No, it, totally.
1: And it totally. And, it, uh, and I always say it goes back, you know, we do not have any control over time. Time is going to happen. We have perceptions of time, but time happens on the same continuum for everybody. You know, your one second is the same length of time as my one second. And so what you do within that time um, with actions and what you do within that time with thinking about it, boy, I'm getting very Uh, sort of zen here, you know, they're going to be your own, your own um, process. But then when you sit back and you look back over the course of time, not only for yourself, because I'm sure when you looked at that picture, you remembered, you know, brought back memories of how you felt at that time in the first picture. And then you remembered what it felt like in time for the second. And that's where I always say, that's one of the cool things about competitions for me, you know, over the course of time, I, I, I cherish, even though I may not really love every competition picture i go oh yeah like everybody else you know my eye goes to the thing that bugs me but i look at it and i go i remember how i felt and i remember what it felt like leading up to that and then also at this other time and the things that i was thinking about the things that i was pursuing personally as well as you know with the results um it, it, it's it's kind of like a you know a little journal of your uh, your fitness journey journal um so if you're inspired and, and, and pushed on for and passionate about this sport, about the aesthetics, um, it's it can be, it, you know, even more inspiring for yourself to see that, um, to know what, what you did.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your, so we're talking about patience and mm. we're talking about bodybuilding and, you know, coming from, where we come from, we have a lot of natural competitors, uh, and by natural competitors, I mean, competitors that compete in the natural federation, um, who are also natural, but, uh, drug, te- <laughs> drug tested. Yeah. Drug te- yeah. It's drug tested. Yeah. So, um, what are your, th- what are your thoughts on patients and the use of steroids and uh, enhancement for performance enhancement? I want to say, I want to say my opinion on it um, is that there are very, very, very few people who max out their genetic potential just in, in general. Like except for like these these net like pro level, like when I go to worlds and I see the pro bodybuilder, the men, these men are maxing out our, you know, in their years and years of practice and <laughs> Practice. It's not yoga, um, training, <laughs> and nutrition, and everything involves They're they're pretty much maxing out their their potential. But you see these young people one year into training, and they're already using PEDs, physique enhancing drugs. Uh, and it's like, and for me, because I am natural and I will always be natural, I. Do I think do what you want to do, but Mm. I think that that's a lack of patience.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Because it's like you have – like if genetically you are, you know, built for bodybuilding, which truthfully, like if we go back and think about it, you know, what, 100, 200 years ago, people were, you know, maxing out their genetic potential and they were doing it like – that was their life. There's their life and soul and everything. Um, I just don't think people have patience anymore.
1: I, I agree. And and one of the things that um, oh gosh, I could go on just on this whole topic. Well, don't uh, go on. I won't go on. I will. I will just sort of try to narrow things no, down. Um, way, way. Yeah. I. i First of all, I. It it does make me sad when I do see people. Oh, this was supposed to be a no, no, po- but it's, I'm going to make it positive. Um, It does make it. <laughs> well, no, I a- know. Make it real. I want to know. I'm going to make it real. Yeah. I that it, it, it bothers me that people will jump on something and want to do it fast and want to take shortcuts. Um, yeah. This is a sport of extremes and you want to push to limits, but that's, that's where I think you really have to step back and say, why am I doing this? And, uh, because, all right, I want more muscle, so I'm going to take drugs so I can get more muscle. But what are the long term consequences? And I think a lot yeah. of people don't look at that. And I do think that there are so many absolutely phenomenal long term consequences of being in the sport. And the reason I can say this, and I'm going to try not to shout because I'm so excited about this, is that I can honestly sit here and tell you I have been doing this for a very long time. And I'm excited when I go to the doctor for my annual physical because my yeah. doctor looks at my my health records and she says, "Look at you! Your health parameters are consistently healthy through your adult life. Your body is functioning the way it's supposed to be, and you know you look fit and strong, and you feel good. Yeah, I have health issues, but I do this in spite of it. Okay, um, and I and I want to be able to." people laugh. I say, I want to be Mrs. Jack LaLanne, not married to Jack LaLanne, you know, that concept, but I want to be 85 years old and still doing everything I can and still proud of having a strong, healthy physique as well as, you know, functioning. So when I, you know, when I look at these young people on the outside, yeah,
0: it's to have those like, have the strength and the ability to do it. And it's just like, if you have, that's like the longevity thing. And the fact, the reason why that you're able to do this and you're able to feel strong is because honestly you didn't take shortcuts. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes with their fitness journey. They eat too much. They don't eat enough. They exercise too much, whatever, you know, this is you, there it's a, there's a huge learning curve and Mm -hmm. there's always going to be that curve. Um, But it's more about like you just, you didn't try to take the shortcuts in efforts to get that instant gratification.
1: Instant gratification. That's right. And as a natural, you know, non-performance enhancement um, drug user, you know, I have to work extra hard to keep my muscle
0: mass. Yeah. And it's not to say that the people that don't, that use, you know, PEDs or, you know, whatever they choose to use, it's not to say that they don't work hard. Absolutely. You know, and so, and there's the, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other topic, but I just think that that kind of touches on the, um, the patient's thing. And it's like, it makes me think about if, uh, even people who step into competing and, and I understand the desire to compete, but It's like if you haven't been training for a long time, we have to remember that this is bodybuilding, and Mm -hmm. so you know you don't you don't buy a car and then all of a sudden you're a race car driver. So it's like you know there are these processes, and again, like you're free to do whatever you want, but if you we want things now, we want that success now, we you know this 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 like right now. Take, can I take your time
1: yeah can I just interject one thing um, as as a coach and have been around the block a lot in this sport one thing that I, I just put out to um, p- potential competitors out there is be informed and be aware and if somebody suggests that you do something um, just research it a little bit and just kind of learn what the pros and cons are and then make an informed decision on that Um, you know if you're going to go to the gym and you're going to eat properly you're going to do all these things to make sure that you are healthy do it for now but try to keep it in mind for what is the consequences of something later on and Uh, And so uh, be passionate about it, pursue your, your limits, do what you feel that you need to do for your own personal guideline, but toss in a dose of patience in there and see if that maybe um, changes your perspective a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm With glad that, you brought that up. This wasn't really something that,
0: that was
1: not part, <laughs> we part of our sort of like bullet. But, list that we wanted to but
0: cover real them. quick, I do, I do want to make a, a little offer to anybody listening. So if you are coming from the podcast, so say you're, say you're listening right now. Hello, again. Uh, we want to offer anybody listening, any of our membership programs for, uh, We have a a three-month commitment, but for our registration fee, we'll do $50 off all of the registration fees. So if you're coming from the podcast and you'd like to work with us, Team Best Fit Body, whether it is for a lifestyle uh, program where you're just trying to get, you know, take your fitness level up a notch, or you are a competitor yourself and you're ready to jump into a season or you are, you know, needing to reverse diet or you're in an improvement season. Those are our three main programs. And as a loyal and wonderful listener if you're interested, we would love to work with you and, and have you on the team. Um, and I think if you're listening to this, you're, you're probably resonating a little bit with kind of our, our perspectives and, and whatnot. So if you're, if you're interested and you're listening to the podcast, send us an email and, uh, make sure that you mention this, if you're going to sign up for one of our, one of our programs, so um, and if you want to check the them out, our yeah. website is www.bestfitbody.com. Um, So so that's all <laughs> I just wanted to, to offer you guys that because we do thank you guys for listening and we love this podcast. So, um, we do you guys make it, make it possible for us to do this. So anyway, was there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. just just, of-
1: I guess I, of course I always say one more thing and it's like, Oh, one more thing. That's so why I always love when I'm with my uh, competitors on their, um, on our video uh, posing sessions and we start to talk questions there's go one more thing one more thing. I'm like just keep the questions coming but coming um, because I do we love the questions uh, one of the things that comes up a lot that I do think that sometimes people look at it as is as, as like a negative but I look at it as actually an opportunity for personal growth um, I, I think something that a, a personality type that is often attracted to this um, sport. The bodybuilding sport are the people who might consider themselves a little obsessive um, or a type A, people say. And, and I think it is because those people love the the art of the detail and and getting things done that way and for some people no matter what they do they can turn it around and and make it become almost like a a compulsion or obsession or a belief that there is only one way to do it and that, that everything needs to be done perfectly but in in this sport, and it goes with that patience part of it, is that um, we 're dealing with the human body and the human body there are rules of of science, but there are also mysteries of science, and so when we you know, embark on a journey like this, we have to learn the fact that, yes, we want to follow the, you know the rules we call them protocols, but that there are times where it doesn't always fall into place exactly the way that we want. And so instead of driving yourself crazy and, you know, kind of going too far with it. And we've talked about like macros and people saying, Oh my gosh, I've been tracking macros and I need a break. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes it's not quite black and white. And so if you don't follow your macros one particular day, is it the end of the world? No. So what we have to do is keep our, you know, our perspective of, um, recognizing if you do have a tendency to have more of that sort of controlling or um, obsessive behavior how to how to how to work with it how to allow it to you know guide you but not have it rule you and i think this is another lesson that a lot of people learn from prep if they've done it um, in what we call that balanced way, but they also can learn it. And many of our clients will say that they have learned how to sort of um, have it fall over into other aspects of their life, just the same way that learning how to follow a plan and staying goal-focused has helped them. It's also, it's very much of the symbiotic relationship, if that makes sense.
0: I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about. Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? So, are you saying that, like, you're talking about obsessive behaviors? Yeah, yeah. and
1: and that they're bad. <laughs> obsessive behaviors it can be. Um, obsessive behaviors can also you know, within balance. Your Quinn
0: wants to go outside. So I'm going to chat for a second. So, so pretty, but I think that what, what we're trying to kind of talk about and go for is that they prep can be obsessive. Prep can be a little bit, uh, I was just saying that prep could be prep, prep can be obsessive. Like prep can be, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have obsessive tendencies, but I think that when they're controlled and they're in a healthier manner, because I do think that a lot of people, if they, if this is where the issue comes in, if you have an actual eating disorder and you are really struggling, you need to seek professional help. Like that's one thing, but everybody's got weird tendencies. Mm -hmm. Like, like my brother eats a lot at one time and like, but to him, it's not like, it's not binge eating. It's just, that's when he's hungry. And so it's like everybody has different ways and styles that they eat and the ways and styles that they train and whatnot. And so I think that a lot of people will come on and they'll say like, oh, well, you know, people with eating disorders, they go on and they go to bodybuilding And then it's just masking their eating disorders. And it's like, okay, well, I would rather someone be tracking their macronutrients and getting enough food and getting enough fiber and eating a balanced diet than them not be bodybuilding and then maybe doing the other things that they used to do, or maybe they're smoking because they're... Trying not to eat, you know. I I don't yeah. think people that many people do that anymore. It's twenty eighteen. A lot of people don't smoke cigarettes, but people smoke. I know. I guess but, that's true. I guess I just don't breathe it in every time you know, I walk outside. It, it always amazes me
1: when I walk out of a, a competition and there are competitors smoking. But you know, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, but there are. Um, but there yeah, are yeah, a lot of people who who also do gain a lot, and this comes down to I think the guidance and what they you know how they approach it that well, there's twofold, one that it can actually help um, refocus them on the positive things that they can do themselves. And they can see that having control is huge. And for a lot of people with those sort of behaviors, knowing that there are parameters of control is, but it's it's a balance. And so if there's something already, you know, going on there, um, yeah, it may tip the cart, um, but then if you identify it, how are
0: you ever going to learn? Oh, like, that's absolutely. the thing. It's like, so I, and so I definitely like, I'm not in trying to encourage anybody with an eating disorder to prep and be, become a bodybuilder. But all I'm saying is that if you have a, if you have a poor relationship with nutrition mm-hmm. and you start to look at bodybuilding, not necessarily competing, but if you start to look at f- sculpting a healthy physique that has less fat and more muscle, um, you know, I just a healthier overall functioning body. I say, do it like, and, and that's when it, it, people will go and be like, well, that's, you know, obsessive. You're going to get too big or like, well, you never get to enjoy your food or your pizza or whatever. And it's well, like, that's
1: everybody else's noise that should stay. Out that's of everybody else's problem. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. So but, that's know,
1: important. I've, I've worked with many, many, um, clients that also work with, you know, eating disorder um, therapists. And and it, you know, because the combination is good, I think the combination is good. You know, we, we, op- we approach it with a very balanced nutrition and training approach. But um, also one other thing about the, the new competitor, or why so many people love to compete, too, is that because of that self that little bit of selfishness. So there's there's some wonderful aspect about doing this for you and really um, sort of throwing yourself into it. And I think a lot of people, the first time they compete can relate to that. I remember the first time I competed, I really, Um, thought about it a lot. I talked about it a lot. I spent a lot of time, like, I was, like, dreaming about it a lot. And then as I continued on, I realized I couldn't spend that much time doing that. But I still, when I thought about it, I still got my sort of adrenaline buzz, and I did all that. So it is learning that um, part of, like, when to be a little... uh, you know, obsessed about it and when to kind of put it in that box and put it away. So I think that, that te- that's my point of bringing this up is that I do think that it does, it can teach you if you want to sort of embrace that as a learning part, um, a, a benefit part, is it does teach you that it's okay to be a little bit focused and <laughs> obsessed about yeah But yeah, you also yeah, have to focused. learn that step away and, yeah. and, and balance. Um, so when people say that they they don't know how to do that. Well then, you know, that's a, that's maybe something they have to learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Anything
1: that, else you wanted to add to that.
0: Yeah, no, I just, I, I definitely, I think we covered kind of some good stuff because, because this is supposed to be fun. Like, you know, the, you're not supposed to dread bodybuilding or competing. Um, and you're also not supposed to do it for the wrong reasons. And so if you, you know, take kind of what we said into consideration, and you're applying that to your own life. Again, you don't have to be a competitor to be a bodybuilder. So you, you, right. you can be exactly. healthy and you can, you know, build your physique without being a bodybuilder. And I think that you can proudly call yourself that, you know, physique sculptor, body designer, yeah. whatever you want to call yourself. Um, I think you should go for it because I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of just those benefits that you get, you know, the, the, Learning the patience and learning that um, you know the the good and the bad you know it's like there's there's with all things so it's just all a process but yeah, but yeah. totally and I do think that
1: as long as you are if you're really fascinated with uh, just sort of watching the cause and effect over time of the human anatomy of yourself and you know but break it down and realize that you know you have to already love working out. You already have to be committed to making um wise food choices. And you know, it's like a little experiment on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so we hope you yeah, guys enjoyed awesome. this episode. Um we just kind of figured we'd talk about a little bit of the our passion. You know, a little bit of yeah a little bit of the passion a little bit of the controversy too I didn't mean to bring
1: up the steroids no, I think it's appropriate I'm, yeah. I'm glad you did and I you know I'm always very open about how I feel about it and um and whereas I know that people do it and I, that's a personal choice and leave it yeah out.
0: yeah yeah so you know we, um, we, we would love for you guys to leave us a review. Uh, next podcast, we will announce a winner from any of the previous reviews that have screenshotted and emailed it to us. So I'll put that info into the, um, into the show notes. And we will catch you guys in the next episode. So thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.